Our scripture lesson for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Please stand as you are able for the reading of the Gospel. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who, was, who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time that the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring word to me, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child would marry his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So who exactly were these magi? We don't know. There are several traditions that have been passed down. You probably heard. Um, first, maybe they were magicians. You hear that in the root of magi, right? Magi is the root of magician. Um, frauds who practiced forbidden arts of divination. Another, perhaps they were a class of courtly priests serving the rulers of Persia, henceforth why they were able to bring these fine gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, wise men with wealth and training. Another, they were astrologers who read the heavens and advised rulers on their plans. Who exactly they are is a bit of a mystery. How they followed a star to find a baby is a bit of a mystery. But I find it quite fun that that is how they chose to navigate, by following a star for directions, that is. Today, I hesitate to use a map instead of a GPS. There's no way I could get where I was needing to go if I had to follow the stars. I'm not very good with directions, but 
it has been a long time since I've experienced a wrong turn because the GPS on my phone is constantly updating and ever so reliable. But when I first started driving, GPSs weren't out yet, or at least they weren't very common. I didn't have one. And so when I first started driving, I knew my way some places, and I also made a whole lot of wrong turns. I was going to meet some friends one night at the bowling alley, and um, the one we were going to was the road in Dothan known as the Circle, because it just, you know, it's this big circle that loops the city. And I had driven long enough that I thought I should have made it there at that point, but I had not. So I called my dad and I said, Dad, I think I'm lost, I can't find it. And he said, okay, where are you? I told him where I was. I was far enough past the bowling alley that he said, ah, it's a circle, just keep going. You'll get there eventually. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. It's nice to know exactly where you're going all the time, but I kind of miss getting lost, maybe, just a little bit. I miss learning new paths and mastering new ways myself, because when you do that, you know it's so much better, and sometimes you discover things you never knew were there, right? I guess I still could, if I was willing to take the time to do it. But I miss that. I'm reminded of a time more recently when I did have that feeling of not knowing exactly where I was going. It was when I first moved here to Montgomery. I would get lost finding my way around hospitals, rehabs, nursing homes when I would go to visit church members. Because, you know, some of the halls have that, that neatly painted, color-coded stripes on the floor to lead you right where you're supposed to go while others look like corn mazes where every corridor looks exactly the same with the hospital white walls. But I eventually learned my way around with several long wrong turns and lots of, hey, can you please help me find questions to the nice men and, and ladies at the um, desk in the hospital. But um, one day, I, even though I'd kind of found my way around one day, I accidentally went into somebody's room who was not a church member, and I didn't realize it until I was well into the room, and at that point, there was no turning back, right? And the lady in there really wanted to talk. So I'm a preacher, so of course I did. We talked for a while, and then we prayed together. And after I left, I couldn't help but feeling like we were both blessed and our spirits had been lifted from that encounter. It's amazing who we can encounter and what can happen on a journey when we're willing to get lost and follow where God is leading. The Magi were willing to set out on a journey, weren't they, in which they didn't quite know where they were going. They noticed a star in the sky, wondered where it might lead, and started to follow it. Kind of crazy, right? They didn't have to do that. They could have just said, hmm, that's interesting. Hadn't seen that before. But they chose to take the step to follow. Perhaps they were familiar with the prophet Isaiah. Because Isaiah says of Jerusalem, nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. 
a multitude of camels shall cover you. That's probably why we usually see camels with the wise men in our crushes and nativity scenes. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah, and all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Well, the Magi in the story brought what? Gifts of gold and frankincense. So it seems possible that they may have been familiar with this text from the prophet Isaiah. But when they arrive in Jerusalem, where the text leads and predicts, what happens? The baby's not there. And they start asking for directions because that's what you do when you can't find what you're looking for. And when Herod hears that they're looking for a Messiah in his neck of the woods where he's supposed to be leader, he gets worried. It seems he's wondering if this Isaiah guy is right. He's thinking, could there be another possibility because this is threatening my territory. He feels threatened and afraid and wants to know what else could be a possibility out there. So he summons all the scholars of the day. We heard in the text, the chief priests and the scribes, those were the big thinkers of the day. And he calls them all together to ask about other possibilities. And they tell him, well, there is this other prophet who said, but you, O Bethlehem of Judea, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule Israel, whose origin is from of old. These scholars point them in another direction, send them another way to Bethlehem of Judah. So they were close, but not quite there because Jerusalem was only nine miles from Bethlehem. So pretty close, right? Nine miles but seemingly worlds apart. Scholar Walter Brueggemann says this about the two cities. He says, the narrative of the wise men is the story of these two human communities, Jerusalem with its great pretensions and Bethlehem with its modest promises. It's mysterious that the king is born in such an unlikely place. It's not where kings are born. They're born in ruling big cities, right? But he's not, not born in the great and grand Jerusalem that wants to be restored to its fast-paced productivity and prosperity. But rural Bethlehem, that's kind of like slap out Alabama. You don't go there unless you're trying to go there. Not because there's anything wrong with it, but just because there isn't much there. But the Magi head out for the little town of Bethlehem. The Magi, who were either magicians, philosophers, priests, or astrologers, we don't really know. But based on their story, based on what they did, how they acted, I think we get a sense of who they were. Based on their story that they were watching, observing a star, asking questions of the star, and then willing to explore and see where those questions lead them makes me think they were kind of like the scientists of their day. Because think about it. Scientists, what do they do? They make observations, they notice things, and then ask questions of those observations under the premise that they don't know where following them will lead. And through that process, they make amazing new discoveries. 
I'm thankful for the scientists today who have been willing to make observations, notice how this virus is working, ask questions, run tests and tests and tests until finally they were able to discover a vaccine for this virus. I wonder if these magi, not in name and practice, not in name, but in practice, I wonder if they used the scientific method to find the baby Jesus. Remember the scientific method for middle school? I'm going to make you reach back and think about what are the steps? First, you make an observation, right? Then you ask a question based on that observation. Then you form a hypothesis. This is probably what this means. You make a prediction based on the hypothesis. What's going to happen? Then you test that prediction. Now, if your test doesn't align with the prediction, then you got to try again. You have to iterate. You have to use the results to make a new hypothesis. So perhaps I was imagining, wondering, perhaps their observation was, wow, look at that unusual star. Hmm. Their question, what is it doing here? What is that star all about? Their hypothesis, ooh, Maybe it is a star leading us to find the prophecies fulfilled. You know those ones we read in Isaiah? Fulfilled and maybe we'll find the Messiah born in Jerusalem. Kind of out there, but hey, let's test it and see what we find, where it leads us. Their test, they follow the star to Jerusalem. Oops, no baby Jesus in Jerusalem, right? They didn't find the baby. So they iterate, they try again. No baby Jesus in Jerusalem, let's come up with a new hypothesis to test. So, with the help of other information gathered from the scholars of the area, they hypothesize. The star is leading us to the Messiah born in Bethlehem. They test again, and woohoo! They follow that star to Bethlehem and find the Christ child, thus verifying the hypothesis. Now, I'm not trying to turn this into a scientifically provable story because it's not, and our faith is bigger than what we can scientifically verify. Science and faith ask different questions. Science asks uh, the how and the what, and our faith asks why and who. But what I love about the scientific method is that it engenders a willingness to explore. Let's try this, let's go here, let's do this. These magi were most definitely intrepid explorers following a star to who knows where. And I think there's something to this part of the story. Having a willingness to stop long enough to notice, to observe, to gaze at the star in the sky. And then stopping long enough to wonder about that is important too. In fact, it was Albert Einstein who said, the most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. During this pandemic, I bet you've had more time to do this kind of thing, haven't you? To stop and experience the mysterious, maybe? Maybe to ask questions with no answers or answers that are really hard to find. This pandemic has taken us on a journey where we have not known 
what the turns were or where we were going. It's not a journey we've necessarily wanted to be on, but it is one in which, as all journeys are, one in which we have been given opportunity to encounter Jesus. And I find myself asking the question, what mysteries have you pondered in the last 12 months? Because Mary pondered the words of the shepherds in her heart. You remember that was, those are the words in the, in the Christmas story. She pondered those words in her heart. And the wise men followed the mystery of the star in the sky. A birth in itself, how it happens is mysterious enough, but the birth of the Christ child welcomes us into this world of holy mystery. I encourage you not to lose this skill that maybe you have acquired or renewed in this season or to work on it if you haven't. Some of the mysteries you may marvel at are things like how small you are as you gaze and look up at the vastness of the stars. Do you ever do that? To stand out at night and look at the stars and think, wow, I'm a little part of this big world. And then as you try to look past them and wonder about the universe that has no bounds and what it means for something to not have an end and what it means that love never ends. And when I'm speaking of the sky, when I'm up there in it, in a plane that weighs hundreds of thousands of pounds, I marvel at how it stays up in the air. And I worry sometimes and how an ant can lift up to 5,000 times their weight. Or perhaps you might think about the complexities of our bodies that breathe and give us life, how beautifully and perfectly it all has to work together for us to be here. It's amazing how durable we are, our bodies heal, and yet how fragile we are because they don't last. I invite you to ask the questions that lie dormant in your heart and mind, to sit with them, and to ask God to sit with you while you do. For in doing that, you will embark on a journey. And at the end of the Magi's journey, they find that, as we do on journeys, that it's time for them to go home. But they're warned in their dream not to return to Herod. You remember they say, don't go back to Herod. So they go home by a different way. And this is the point in their journey that's much like where we are now in the Christmas season and hopefully in the COVID season too. This is the point where they pack up their bags to head back home. This is the point where some of us have maybe started packing up Christmas decorations because, you know, Christmas is still happening, but we know it's almost drawing to a close. Maybe we're packing up Christmas decorations and ready readying ourselves for life to start to return to normal, doing the same thing in the pandemic, hoping that things will start to return to normal. But the thing is, the wise men cannot go back the same way. You remember? Herod, they're looking out for him, so they go back a different way. Because when they encountered the Christ child, things are different and they can't go back the same way. When we allow ourselves to explore and wonder and we encounter the Christ child on our journey, things are different. We are changed. 
And we can't go back the same way. We can't retreat back through Jerusalem, the land constantly focused on productivity and prosperity. Instead, we are called to travel a new path. Right now, we long to go home, so to speak, from this pandemic. Whew, we long it, don't we? Long for it. To have some sense of normalcy, but I don't think things will or can be the same again. God is calling us beyond our societal obsession with productivity and prosperity and is calling us to learn in this season a practice of reflecting and reorienting. We can go home and we are trying to get there. Oh, are we trying? But we can't go the same way. We must avoid the Herods of today on our journey home. Pastor Harry Pritchett says, we can resist the Herods of our time who try to trick us into the subtle cynicism of believing that wonder and dreams and imagination are the venues of children alone and are not for so-called grown-up practical men and women. Contemporary Herods may be very smart, but they will not be very wise. Contemporary Herods are those people in people's institutions and cultural assumptions that kill the childlike wonder in us all. Herods inside or outside us always say, it can't be done, there is no way, you must never take a chance, everything you do must be useful and efficient, imagination is worth nothing, playing is wasteful, do not follow stars might be less practical for the Magi to loop all the way around Jerusalem and take the longer path home, but lives are saved in doing it. We continue to take the long way home. We continue to mask up and keep distance because even when home seems to be just around the horizon, there are still obstacles that threaten us on the journey back. We take the long way home and ask questions as we do. We take the long way home and stop to play with our kids outside or parents call our parents on Zoom or to gaze up at the stars because the journey is about faithfulness, not efficiency. I read an excerpt from a book recently that said, animals don't play because they are young. They have a period of youth so that we, they can play. Play is essential to who we are. Play is essential to creativity and learning and exploring and growth. That's right. That's what this sermon is about. I am telling you to go and take the time to play, to see the world around you in a new way, to not miss out on those moments with loved ones that because of this mystery of life may only be with us for a few more moments or a few more years, we don't know. The Magi remind us that the wonder of Christmas is for children and adults alike. These grown men followed a star to find a child. Who does that? I encourage you this week to stop and gaze at the stars, to walk somewhere and not know where you're going, to ask aloud all the questions that have been lying dormant in your heart and mind, to be open to God's spirit guiding you, not necessarily where you want to go, but where God is leading. Because if you do, you might just encounter Christ on the journey. And let me tell you, buckle up.
because there is no telling where that will take you. Amen? Amen. Amen.